0: This insert is brought to you by Radio K-Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.
1: We go to the Helderberg area to connect with the Head of Department of Systematic Theology and Ecclesiology, also the Director of the Bayes-Nordia Centre for Public Theology. Everyone shouts, it's the prof! Yes, it is. It's Professor Dion Foster. Good morning, Dion. Hey, Brad, how are you doing? I'm fine,
0: I'm fine. How are you? I'm great. Does it sound like I'm speaking from the bottom of a tin can?
1: No, but I thought you might be in the bath. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to figure out the best way to get the best line for our listeners. So, uh, listeners, I, I have my little headset inside. I hope- I hope it's clear enough for today. No, we
1: can hear you. We can hear you very well. We just remember last week. Well, last week was On the week before, we connected on your landline, and then it sounded like you were about six feet underground. <laughs> so we thought, let's go with the cell phone option this morning. Glad we've got you. Did you know, Professor Dion Foster, that the name Zachariah is the name given to more Bible characters than any other name? It's a,
0: it's a, it's one of those wonderful um, uh, uh, biblical names, Hebrew names. Yeah, quite well well used. We, we happen to have a name like that in our faculty. We have three professionals oh. in our faculty. Our dean, the head of the Department of, of Practical Theology and Missiology, and the head of the Department of Old and New Testament are all Professional. <laughs> so, and Zechariah, they yeah. are well used
1: names. And from my son's class, I think Daniel, because there's so many Daniels, they call that Daniel 1, Daniel 2, Daniel 3, and Daniel 4. <laughs> it sounds like different books of the Bible, but anyway. Um, so, there you have it. So, they are popular names like that. I didn't know about the Zechariah name, and it seems our listeners are fascinated by it too. And today, our conversation has a little bit of a Christmas twist to it, doesn't it, Dion?
0: Absolutely, I mean you know uh, brad today we're, we're, it 's the second week of advent we're preparing uh, in this second week of Advent, um, preparing ourselves for the birth of Christ, hmm. and one of the passages that um, that we set for this week uh, comes from Matthew chapter two. Now, the moment I start talking about this you 'll know exactly what the passage is it 's the story of three guys on camels riding across the desert, following a star the story, of course, of, of the Magi. Now, Brad, this story is is, a, is an absolutely fascinating story. And, mm. and when I read it, I was struck by the fact that we've actually embellished the story quite a bit. There are many yes. details that we've added to the story that are not in the Bible. Um, first of all, the fact that we've called them, uh, you know, these three kings that uh, uh, won him, uh, they're not kings. The fact that we've called them wise men, well, that, it doesn't say that in the Bible either. Uh, The Greek word which is used for them is the word which we know very well, which is the word magi. Mm. And this was actually the name for a priest of a religion called Zoroastrianism, And it's an an ancient, ancient religion that was the sort of official religion of Persia before uh, the rise of Islam. So these uh, three priests were people like uh, the Jews who were anticipating the coming of a Messiah, Mm. someone who would save them. And the sign that they had, which was the same as the sign uh, that, that was spoken about in the Hebrew scriptures, was that they were to look for the, the rising of a new star in the east. And so they spent their lives searching, looking yeah. for, for the arrival of the star. And they were, were highly educated for their time. Uh, people who were, were skilled in uh, astronomy, but not astrology, which is that weird and wacky, a uh, thing that I don't think Christians should be involved in, but in astronomy studying the location of the planets. When they saw this new star rising, they knew exactly what they had to do. They oh. hopped on their camels, or we don't know what else they hopped on. We've we've suggested camels yeah. and off they went to follow the star. Now we know how the story unfolds. They arrive at King Herod's palace in in Jerusalem. And of course that's a good place to go if you are looking for the birth of a king yes. you go to a palace. And of course, you know, Herod doesn't know anything about the birth of the Messiah, and so he calls his very best theologians from the University mm-hmm. of Jerusalem or wherever to say, tell me about this. And they say, yes, uh, there's a prophecy, uh, and this prophecy actually says, from the book of Zechariah, that, um, that these, uh, the, this uh, 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 Messiah was to be born, in Jerus in 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 Bethlehem, mm. and so off they go following the star to find Jesus. Now, Brad, what strikes me about this, you know, Megan and I were talking about this, and she reminded me of that little meme that uh, goes around yeah. around this time of the year. She said, "If these were three wise women rather than three <laughs> wise men, they would have brought sensible things, you know, not <laughs> not wacky gifts. <laughs> they would have brought nappies and baby yeah, wipes imagine. and formula." But instead, we know that they brought gold and frankincense in there. And these were, were things which were intended uh, for, for a king, and particularly for, for the different stages of the king's life, from birth through their life unto death. Um, and, and, you know, there's, there's something special about that, because these men, you know, I mean, think about this, highly learned, highly intelligent. They, they leave their country not knowing exactly where they're going to go on the promise of finding the Messiah. They did everything seeking the promise of, of the God who would save them. They take their very best gifts mm. with them and they give them freely to someone who's born in a stable. Now, now can you imagine that? I mean, if I was one of the three wise men when I lived here at the palace, I would have said, listen guys, I wonder if we haven't, you know, inadvertently clicked on a, a wrong link somewhere. You yeah. know, Google Maps is leading up to the wrong place. <laughs> maybe we should just hang on to our gifts a little bit longer but they freely give them. And not only do they give their their gifts, we are told in the scriptures that they worship Jesus, the king. But the final thing that strikes me about them, Brad, is that Mm -hmm. while they are with Jesus, we're told that they go to sleep and they have a dream. And the dream tells them not to return via the same way that they came. They had instructions from the king, an authority figure, to say that you need to come back and report the birth of this child. Because, of course, Herod wanted to kill uh, the, the, the Messiah, and in the dream, the Lord tells them, "Go home via another way, and they have the courage to do that now brad here 's where I want to end. Mm. This whole beautiful story inspired me this week to say, When last was I willing to change my life to 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 go by a different way simply because I had seen a dream, simply because wow. God had placed something in my mind and heart and said, on. this is what I long for. I long for for the blessing of humanity. I long for wholeness for people. I have a dream for the world. And I want you to choose to live by a different way, to To go about your life by a different way so that others can be blessed and you can be faithful. So Brad, that struck me today. I, I think perhaps like many others, I'm not a very wise man. I may be learning, but I'm not very wise. Mm. And uh, that's what I long for today. For me, for our listeners, is to have the courage to say, let's live by the dreams that God places in our hearts.
1: Sometimes, Dion, I think the dreams that we feel we've got can't be right because we feel that we've got this idea of what we want to do. We might be doing, we might call it the job that we do is one that we feel, you know, this is what was available for me at the time. So we focus so much on earning a living and that sort of thing that we forget that God might actually have something else brewing inside of us and we push it aside. There's no time for that. Life is busy. I wonder how many people who would be brave enough to admit in their later years saying, I was just too scared to follow that dream or I just didn't think it was possible. I would hate to get to the end of my life and realize I didn't live the dream that God put on my heart and and have that sort of regret because surely if it was a dream that God had given me for my life, it would have been like a train slotting onto its tracks and running at full speed. I don't know. Am I am I living in a little bit of a fantasy world?
0: Well, Brad, let's let's think a little bit about this particular story because it gives us one or two clues. I mean, you know, the one thing I think that sets these people apart is that they were they were seeking people. Yeah. I mean, the, the the magi were seeking people. They spent their lives looking for the sign of God. And I think that's one of the first things that, that I often stumble on. I, I get caught up in being a doing person rather than a seeking person. Sure. And I think that's a that's a little lesson for us to learn. Let's let's cast our eyes up to the skies, in a sense. Let's, let's look for the work of God around us. Let's ask God to speak to us in dreams and visions and signs, because this is the way in which God works. This is how God works with us. God works mm. in ordinary and extraordinary ways. And let's be looking for that but the second thing i think brad is you know it's, it's a miracle that god reaches through the darkness with that star to say to them, okay the miracle is taking place but there's another miracle there they have the courage to reach back and and that i think is the thing that we need to learn to do when god reaches out to us let's have the courage to reach back
1: thanks dion and before we go I just love how God took care of Mary and Joseph. I mean, you were, you know, you're were—you you thinking you're, you're living a simple life. You just want to make ends meet, take good care of your family. And then God says, by the way, Mary, you're going to give birth to the Savior of the world. He's like, wow, this is a really big responsibility. And then he would say, but don't worry, you won't lack anything. Someone's going to come and deliver a whole bag of gold and everything else at your house. I quite like how God took care of them that way.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely, and of course, that's, that's one of the things that we know. You know, when you, when you give yourself over to the will of God, the Lord has a wonderful way of providing.
1: Yeah, so just anyone who's saying shame for Mary and Joseph? They were so poor; they must have just only just made it. Um, I don't know. You can make gold stretch far. Can you imagine gold? <laughs> anyway, that's a conversation for another day. Uh, always fantastic. Um, you seem to have been dubbed by a lot of our listeners. They would come in and say, "Wow, we loved what the prof just said. The prof was really hit the nail on the head." So I, I don't, I don't know how you feel about that. But it looks like the prof is kind of sneaking out here as a bit of a nickname on a Thursday morning. Is that okay? <laughs> <laughs> well. Uh, yeah, if you see my grey hair and my little round glasses, maybe that's not too far from the truth. I've seen you. You don't have grey or little round glasses. <laughs> You're unprofessor like. No,
0: absolutely. Thanks, my friend.
1: You're so welcome. Have a beautiful day. Take care.
0: Thank you. God bless. Bye bye. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.